Craig, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate this massively, my dude. So um, for people that don't necessarily know about you or Strongman Motivation or your story, I mean, it's a pretty crazy story. So if we can try and condense it down, give us a little bit of a background about kind of who you are, uh, kind of the battles that you've gone through and kind of uh, your, your progress from where you started to kind of where you are today. Okay, hey man, hey everyone watching. Yeah, as you know, my name's Craig. Um, I started Strongman Motivation maybe between two and three years ago, just before my health and my life went to shit, pretty much. <laughs> um, I think it was 2016, I was diagnosed with uh, thyroid cancer. I had two types, papillary and follicular cancer in my thyroid, so I had to remove that out. And from there, I went through the lovely battle with a bit of depression. And then from there, I had a blood clot from the cancer stuff. And then after the first blood clot, and yeah, I went into remission, thankfully. Went into remission from cancer, which was lovely and always good to hear. And then from there, I bloody got diagnosed with a condition of it. I've got a thing called fistulas all around my brain. And fistulas are, it's an abnormal connection between artery to vein. So a little brief rubbish uh, artery, the blood comes up, the blood comes down, whatever way it goes, and then it goes into the directly into the vein where most people have, um, I don't know the technical term for it, they have a bit of an area between arteries and veins where the blood pressure lowers and then it can be handled by the vein for the vein to then take it where it needs to go. Uh-huh. But for me, all my arteries around my brain are connected directly to veins. So I remember after one of the operations, I said to the doctor, jokingly, I said, so how bad is it, Doc? Am I a sneeze away from a brain hemorrhage? And he looked at me square in the face and went, yeah. And uh, I didn't expect that. So, again, sneezing and having hay fever isn't good either. That does me in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Jacked <laughs> up on antihistamine. Oh, yeah. mate, it's horrible. So, And, yeah, I can't do anything to spike my blood pressure. I can't do anything fun, pretty much. I've, I haven't lifted anything in the gym in over a year now. And, mm. yeah, it's killing me. So from there, I've had the battles of more depression. But depression is always is always fucking with you. I don't think that's something that ever comes and goes. Um, it, with the depression, I had another blood clot. Yeah, I've had, I think I'm in 11 or 12 medical procedures over the last three years. Which is and just I crazy. Think, oh, mate. It kills good. It's still, yeah, it kills time good, though. <laughs> Not being able to train. I needed something to do. So I thought I'd test the medical systems out. <laughs> <laughs> You've certainly gotten your your fair worth of your uh, your taxpayers' bills, that's for sure. Mate, it's the pressure. At thirty two years old, I never thought I'd be able to have something in common with like your eighty year old grandma and her health <laughs> issues. I never thought that would be me. But it's the cards I've been dealt, so you've got to move forward with it, yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, uh, kind of when you when you look back, obviously you said that you you kind of started strongman strongman motivation several years ago. Was this kind of a, a project for you while you were going through treatment? Did you set this up prior um, to kind of being diagnosed with that sort of stuff? Where did it kind of originate from and your kind of like love of strong man and strong man training and kind of the, the, the greats? I think this come from, as you know, most people in the UK know Strongman from Christmas time. You sit with your dad, you have a drink, you watch Strongman growing up. Yeah. And I've done that my entire life. And through training, I met a good friend of mine, a guy called Sean Bundy. And me and him, we always talk about training. We've always had discussions about training. And he sparked the idea by literally just talking about an Instagram idea he had. 
and then blooming months went down the line. But the idea was always in my head. So then I started looking into it. Then obviously on Instagram, you had powerlifting motivation. You had deadlift till I'm dead. You had nothing designated to just strongman. The world's strongest man back then, they had a page, but they never put anything up. So I thought with the stuff these guys put themselves through, there's some great content out of there. And it'd be nice to have like, one platform to people to look at, to see strongman yeah. and see what it is. That's why if you go through my page, I try to put up a lot of stuff, not just the present day stuff, but I'll go back in history. Yeah, it's, up videos it's, of the oh, greats. it's amazing. You know, some of the clips that you get, it's just absolutely phenomenal. It's kind of like what archive has he delved into to find some of this stuff? It's absolutely phenomenal, man. It's so, so, so cool. <laughs> I spend a lot of time on YouTube when I'm I'm not going to say meant to be working because I'm at work and people from work may hear this. <laughs> I spend a lot of time on YouTube. I'm good at ripping videos from websites and places that I see them that I'm probably not meant to, but it needs to be shared. People ain't making the most of Instagram. Instagram is a free platform that you can advertise to millions of people. It's Yeah, it's quite phenomenal. And, and you've done such a tremendous job. So uh, we're over 100,000 now what 107 107,000 that is amazing man that's crazy that's su such a such a big achievement in and of itself you know it's uh it's it's really really cool for, for you kind of just just jumping off on this topic because I, I i'm so interested when you're kind of when you're looking back at clips uh what what are kind of what are a few big things that you just love going back and re-watching are there any particular moments for you like what's your favorite kind of moment in strongman history that you go oh man that was amazing history it's got to be pound stone um loading the uh what's the name of the stone loading the stone at fortismus yes that was phenomenal and there's one i think it was 2009 or 2010 where travis ortmeyer goes up against mikhail kuklaev yeah. in the deadlift and they're next to each other and travis is a full-on broken ankle at this point and you can see the pain in his face but travis travis is a soldier travis doesn't give up yeah. i love watching anything with travis in because he gives it his entire being for every event he does yeah yeah it's crazy you, you can you can see how pained he is but you can just see the sheer determination in his eyes that he just does not want to give up he it's exactly. like he would rather die than kind of exactly. not not give it his all and like that's that's just testament to, to the that's strong man yeah <laughs> that is exactly what strong man's about not caring if you live or die but you want to get the rep done yeah <laughs> and the biggest thing on that lift is i think at the end when he does give up because he can't carry on anymore he doesn't walk away he leans against the car and he cheers on uh Kukliath. Cheers. And that, for me, that event is everything Strongman is willing to give your life for it, and then at the end of it, cheering on the person you're up against. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I don't think there is another sport like that out there. If you uh, if you had to kind of choose uh, a, a generation, your kind of favourite generation in Strongman history, kind of uh, a point in time, what would you kind of what would you choose? Are you someone that loves the the old school Jeff Capes lifts? Is it a case? Do you prefer kind of the, the huge, crazy, monstrosity lifts that we have in t today's strongman? I mean, the the progression is absolutely crazy. What's kind of what's your favorite point in time? My favorite, I gotta say, probably from around two thousand six, two thousand seven till about twenty twelve. I did like Pudzianowski's reign because. Honestly, I don't see Pudzianowski. He wouldn't even make my top five all-time strongmen. Wow. But I liked that era of stuff. I liked the Poundstone, the Blooming Altmaier. I liked when Shaw was coming up. I love of watching him compete. I love that. And that was kind of just before the era of when weight started creeping up and up and up and up and up. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
I do love the modern day stuff. I love how I love comparing where we are today to where we was back in 20, 30 years ago. I've seen max log competitions where the max winning weight was 120 kilos. Wow. So it's like that wouldn't even be a novice max weight these days. So I look at the progression over the years. I just think it's fantastic. And I think, yeah, I think genuinely think it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite it's quite incredible to kind of see. It's almost like in this day and age, there are just so many monsters that are just mm. out there in the deep, dark depths of the world that are creeping out yes. that we're just we're, we're, we're discovering. You know, it's like they've been hiding in a cave for the last 10 years. They come out and they're, they're pushing out just absolutely absurd weights. And also that, you know, we're in a day and age now where we have the joys of social media. We have guys like Larry Wills that are coming across from other crazy strong sports that are getting involved within Strongman. And just, it's forcing everyone to up their game. It's like no one's safe now, do you know what I mean? It's it's absolutely phenomenal. Did you see what Larry just put up? Larry just put up a 307 bench. And it's, I like Larry. I'll be completely honest, before leading up to the last Giants competition, I wasn't sure what I'd actually think of Larry as a person. Uh-huh. But meeting him and interviewing Larry is one of the most humble people on the planet. And to be given the opportunity to compete at Wembley, as in a full competition, he's moved to Dubai, he's training in the cell, he's living, breathing and eating strongman, building up to this camp. I don't think you can find many people out there who said they deserve, and you can't see that in the old interview, in, yeah. uh, inverted commas they, they not many people would have done that and have that dedication to a comp no it, and i also think to, to, to an extent as well is kind of what we're seeing now around larry wills kind of and his introduction into the strongman world is we're seeing a lot of people that were kind of very old school in the way of thinking that kind of you had to earn your place in in, in the world of strongman and and it, it's only going to benefit the sport. You know, when you've got a guy like Larry that's coming across, he's bringing, you know, 1.2, 1.3 million followers into the exactly. world of Strongman. That's only going to give Strongman more funding. It's only going to give it more outreach and it's only going to do more to bring up Strongman. And as people that live and breathe and love Strongman for what it is, it's, it's only going to go positively. So I think we, we, we kind of have to put the old school way of thinking behind us and kind of look forward and say, you know, what do we want the future of Strongman to be? You know, we want to be doing arena tours. We want Giants Live to be traveling the world, selling exactly. out stadiums of hundreds of thousands of people and showing the world like what this really has to offer. And I think it's amazing. You're, you're so, so right. Like there are so little people that are actually willing to live eat and breathe strongman to go from literally never even touching a log in their life like less than a year ago to you know coming into the world log lift championships and actually putting up some 10 log presses in the world ridiculous numbers Mm. ridiculous numbers and shirtless because he just doesn't care Like if I look like that, animal. I'd never wear a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, no one wants to see my fat self walking around. <laughs> hey, if you, you can put up a 190 it, log, then it doesn't matter, do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter what you look like. If you can put up a 190 pounds, log like that, Pounds fine. or kilos. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. It's just, yeah, he's just humble and he's willing to put in the work for it and graft for it. And what gets me is when people are like, oh, this ain't a sport, blah, blah, blah. Look at back in the... Um, Larry was invited to the competition because he's strong. I've spoken to Darren and Colin about this. He, Darren said he sees something in him, something that needs to come over to this sport because it'd be better in this sport. Obviously, there's going to be business reasons behind it as well. Uh-huh. But look at the history of the sport. O.D. Wilson was invited to Strongman because he was strong. Yeah. You've got a couple of other Americans throughout the years. I can't remember their names of. They were invited because they were strong powerlifters. 
Look at the Arnolds back in the day. Andy Bolton was invited to it because he was a strong powerlifter. Yeah. This is strong, man. This is the history of the sport, and it's going to be that way. Look, they just invited... Um, there's an Irish guy, a deadlifter. He's got a ridiculously good deadlift. And they've just invited him to Wembley. They've just put out the announcement recently. And he hasn't got a massive following. He hasn't got a massive following. He's just a strong guy. He deserves a chance to put up what he can do. Yeah, it, it, it's cool that, that in a world where kind of you have these these big guys that have these massive social media followings like Thor, that they're given equal opportunities to guys that have maybe, you know, a couple, couple thousand, but... They've put in the work. They have the numbers there, ready and under their belt. They're willing to give it a go. They're willing to die up on that podium to make to make sure that they exactly. get these lifts to entertain thousands and thousands of people. And they're treated the exact same. Exactly. That's what is so, so, so cool. There is no favoritism. People just want to see big, awesome dudes doing big, awesome things. And that's just strongman, man. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. It's so, so cool. So how how did you kind of get involved with kind of uh, meeting these guys? Obviously, you've had the opportunity to talk to lots of these guys, interview them. How did that process come about for you? Literally, I my plan at the beginning with this was I wanted to be somehow associated with Giants Live and Explosive Ape. Which you've that succeeded in doing. Goal. Yes. So it was, I'm lucky enough to, I train, I live in uh, Norfolk, so I'm near Wembley, where it's a play, gym called Genesis Gym, and mm-hmm. it's two minutes away from Colin Brass's house. So through that, I've managed to have the introductions that I needed to then progress further. So the owner of the gym, Dave, and um, his friend, uh, the manager, Grant, they put me in contact with Colin. Grant's one of the, he's one of the most aggressive people you'll ever meet, but he's got <laughs> the biggest heart in the world. I'd be sitting behind the counter and he'll voice note Colin and his voice note him going, oh, you fucking prick. You need to work on my fucking mate. And I'm there like, don't. This guy can shut me down if he wants to. So <laughs> be nice to him, please. But then it just kept pushing him and the introduction got made. I had a chat with Colin. Now I've been around Colin's house. I've helped him go through. He's got a, Colin has the biggest database of strongman content you'll ever think of in your life. He's got tapes that, if you looked on it, it's from one of the random uh, cameras at one of the old strongmen. So yeah. no one knows what's on these tapes. So yeah. with him, we started looking through that and getting the content out from there. And just, yeah, Colin now, I'm proud to say he's a good friend and a really, really nice guy. But from that, he's allowed me to come to competitions and on premise that I'll help him promote it and he gives me free access beforehand. Now they set me up with a camera and I do all the interviews they use for social media. Uh-huh. So then they do it through that because they've said they liked it because when the interview happens, it's just, it's a fan talking to these guys. It's not someone talking there with, right, I need to cover this, I need to cover yeah, this, I need yeah, to cover yeah, this. Yeah. Most of the time I sit there, I don't even have a pen and paper with questions on it. It's just questions that are in my head. The biggest moment though was how I got to interview Z, wow. um, Zedrunas and as you know, we love this sport. Zadrunas, he's a god. He's the strongest man who's ever walked the bloody planet. Yeah. So going up to him, going, Z, can I borrow you for an interview? And he's like, yes, okay. And just walking through a crowd of people, leading Z to a room to interview him was just phenomenal. That's and cool. Colin said that interview was the most interactive they've ever had Z in an interview. Wow. Z told me, I think he's competed over 300 times and he's come out of top three, like uh, under 10 times. Yeah. What? yeah. I said to him, I said, how big's your trophy cabinet? He goes, it's not 
He goes, not cabinet, more warehouse. <laughs> if he ever comes short of money, he can just smell all of uh, all of his trophies down and sell them off in uh, in blocks. Yeah, it's That's absolutely crazy. mad. Just uh, in case anyone uh, isn't aware, uh, Col- when we refer to Colin, we're talking about Colin Bryce. He is a huge, huge, huge man with, with, within Strongman. Probably the, the most knowledgeable man on the face of the planet around Strongman. He can pick out lifts from 25 years ago, tell you the exact date, time it happened, the lifter and how much they lifted. He is absolutely phenomenal. He's a wonderful voice. He is so inspirational when it com- comes to Strongman. So if you guys don't know about him, Please, please, please get educated. He is an amazing man. And again, just like every other person in Strongman, it seems to be, just has the biggest heart. It's just, it's crazy. It's a sport where we have the biggest humans on the face of the planet and they all have the big hearts to go to, to go along with it. They're utter, utter sweethearts. And it's it's absolutely phenomenal just how humble some of these guys are as well. With every sport, there are going to be egos. It's it's natural. Yeah. It, it's it's going <laughs> to happen. Well, there's silverware involved. That's always the case. But it is as as someone that's had a chat with with a couple of them, not quite as many as you. Um, it's yeah, it, it's it's genuinely so humbling to see just how amazing these guys are, when, especially when they're competing, you know, at these top top levels with, you know, big cash prizes that are on on the line as well as kind of um, influence within within the social media world too. It's it's quite incredible. Um, so, kind of uh, t- taking it back a little bit. Um, obviously, you you've kind of we're now at a stage where you're setting up and spearheading kind of uh, this program within the strongman community, trying to bring a lot more awareness to, to, to mental health, which I for one think is a fucking amazing thing. It's very, very, very cool. And I appreciate you doing it a lot. Um, it's something that not a lot of people are talking about. We're getting there very, very slowly, but there is still a lot of ground to be covered. Um, You've already got a kind of a couple of people that are saying that they're interested in this program that you're kind of setting up. Uh, but for kind of people that don't really know too much about it, um, kind of what what are you looking to kind of bring to the table with with this uh, with this kind of series that you're setting up? It's just for me. I yeah, I want to just raise awareness of the fact it's fucking fine for a man to sit down and have a down moment. There's no shame in that at all. So. With the videos I've done of speaking on my stories, I don't tend to put so much of me speaking on the actual page itself. It's the feedback I got from it is, is is amazing. People just saying how much it helped them. So from that, I wanted to use this platform I built for more than sharing for sharing videos of people lifting stuff because I feel it's got to that place now where I can have an impact with it. So with this thing I want to do, I want to... I'm going to trial it for a week and call it like Strongman Motivation Mental Health Week or something. And I'm trying to get seven pros. I want seven uh, them to sit down and just talk for two or three minutes on their struggles and mental health, what they've done and what they found to help them. Be that training, something outside the training, whatever. I want them to sit down and say that. But I also want to get a couple, uh, do the same thing, get seven people that normal people, not say normal people, people who are not professionals, yep. just to sit down and do the same thing, talk about them, issues of mental health, how it's helped them and how to progress going forward and what they found helped them. And at the moment, I could stick that on my Instagram, do it by the Instagram stories, um, via the IGTV. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking something like that has the potential to turn into a YouTube page, turn into its own Instagram page, turn into something else. So fingers crossed, I can and, and 
No one steal this idea. So if you do steal this idea, go for it, make it good, and I'll help you. But I feel I feel there is a platform for it, and I feel there is a space for it as well. So I don't see anybody else doing anything like it. Yeah, a hundred percent, and I completely agree with you there. That there there is a massive gap in the market there um, that kind of I don't want to say needs to be exploited, but needs to be talked about. It needs to be brought to light. It mm. needs people to to kind of open up. And we need to accept the fact that we all just need to be a little bit more vulnerable. And I think that there is kind of this whole thing at the moment that's going around, um, around kind of like toxic masculinity and the fact that like, you know, we don't want to show our, our emotions because it it doesn't kind of fulfill that alpha view of, of, of men, which quite frankly is a load of bollocks. Yes. Real men cry, real men have emotions. It's just a fact of life. If you don't, it means you're emotionally retarded. It doesn't mean that you are you're a fucking liar. Or... <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, you're either a psychopath or you're not telling the truth. Mm. And people just need to accept that and come to terms with it and accept the fact that, that we're all human and that kind of we all have, like you said, we all have down days and we all have good days. And just because you're having a down day doesn't mean um, anything. It's natural. It happens. You don't need to keep on searching and searching and searching and searching because I, th- I mean I myself especially when I've gone through things previously I find that spending more and more time in my own head and not talking to people just becomes more toxic I, I, I can't spend lots of lots of time in my own head because I just kind of go into a downward spiral and I have found just exactly like you're talking about talking to people is probably one of the greatest things that you can do and we have to accept the fact that we just need to be vulnerable for a little bit show people that we are human and understand that actually everyone goes through this. But I'm very, very interested to hear from your side of things because you kind of spoke there about the fact that, you know, um, maybe these pros use training or something to, to, to kind of focus on. For you, you haven't had that the, the, the joy to be able to go, oh God, you know what, I feel like crap. I'm going to head to the gym and I'm going to smash some weights out. So how have you dealt with that? What, what's been your kind of mental process? How, how are you coping? I'll be honest, I'm, it's still a bit of a learning curve for me. Mm-hmm. I'm recently, because I'm leading into my third operation coming up next month, it's, I'm having more down moments than I am up at the moment. So it's uh-huh. trying to find the balance and trying to find how I can focus that in a constructive way. And I think for me, it's been throwing myself into this topic. I see my counsellor for the first time two days ago, and that's my first time in two years since the cancer stuff happened. And she said to me, she said, you need to put yourself first. She goes, you can't fix the world if you're broken. And I think for me, that's turned into my training. That's turned into my release. When I put a story up on Instagram, I find in my head, there's a very fine line between people watching it and going, oh, fucking Craig's moment again. Or fucking, and actually sitting there and going, oh shit, he's going through this shit. That's actually, that could work for me. So it's, I'm trying to put stuff like that out there as regularly as I can now without people thinking Craig's a fucking idiot. It's fucking moning again. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 100%. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And again, everyone has different coping mechanisms and people use distraction techniques. People use immersion techniques to try and, you know, d- distract the brain and try and kind of not think about it too much. And everyone has different ways of coping. And like you said, it's a learning curve and whatever works for you might not necessarily work for someone else. But I think the I think more... one we... thing... I'm oh, sorry, go on. Go no, on, no, 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 please, please, please. No, no. I think one thing that really helped me was they used... there's a lady in my office and 
I went past her one day and I just sat down and she asked me how I was. And I've always been honest with someone asked that. I'll give you the answer if you want to listen. And I sat down, I told her everything I was going to. I was close to tears at her desk in the office. And she would look at me and she's a small, petite little French girl. And she'd just say, uh, what's it she'd say? Fuck. That's the thing with this bullshit in my head. I forget fucking shit. <laughs> it's, oh, I can't remember what she would say. But she'd say something and it just made me think, fucking, it's not that easy. Because it was so simple in the words she'd say. And she always said it with a big smile on her face. Right. And I used to walk away from her thinking, it's not that fucking easy. Yeah. But then she got me reading these books on. I don't know if you ever looked into mindfulness. Yeah. yeah. I've yeah, read it a lot. Mindfulness is the most amazing thing. It's just, fucking, instead of thinking, oh, fucking hell, I've had cancer. I'm going through this, blah, blah, blah. My life's so shit. It's... At the moment, I think my life is shit. It's fucking, it's not something that's going to be shit forever. Right now, it's shit. That moment isn't going to last for the rest of my life if I don't let it. Thoughts, you have like an average around sixty to 70,000 thoughts a day, they reckon it's. Why should you let something that's so easy to come across ruin your life? And why should you let that affect your day and how you treat other people? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's just 100%. be grateful. One thing I've learned from all this shit and how close I've been to death a few times from what they've said is, Fucking life is good. Life is really, really good. And if you can see that, you can enjoy it. I used to have a guy who used to work with me. He'd fucking come in and he'd be moping around as he's coming towards you, looking like someone's just killed his favorite person as he's coming to the desk. <laughs> and this is my issue now is I can't deal with people very well who, who want sympathy for small things. Mm-hmm. And he'd come over and I was like, what's wrong? And he was looked at me and he was like, oh, I got a cold. I'm really feeling this. I'm really feeling this. And <laughs> I just went, okay, go home then. I went, fuck off home then if you're going to mope around all day. It's work from home. It's just people, there's no need to be a dick. There's no need to fucking walk around like you're dying. If I sat down with some of the people here, they'd be shocked to hear what I've gone through and what I'm going through. Because I'm always consciously, I don't want to let the shit I've gone through affect other people because uh-huh. it's, it's not fair and they don't deserve that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, it's it's... I think it, it really opens your eyes when you have gone through kind of a, a, a big struggle or a big trauma, when you then come across, uh, well, like relatively insignificant things like having a cold, you know, and you just, you don't have that same kind of level of patience with people because it's it's like, oh man, like you just, you, you don't quite understand. And, it, you know, fair enough. Not everyone needs to understand, and I, and I and I respect that. But I also think that people need to have people need to be a little bit more aware um, of, of of other people around them, and kind of maybe take take the time out of your day to kind of see what other people are going through, see how other things are affecting people, and understand that actually, you know what, maybe your life isn't that bad after all. And I think that, that that's the thing with mindfulness is it's it's an incredible tool. It's something that I've been looking into more and more and it's something that I've done for a little while, but it's just being grateful for the small things as well. Understanding that actually, you know what? You, you won the lottery by even being born. The odds of being yeah. born a human being in this time and generation, which if anyone doesn't realize is quite literally the greatest time to be alive in human history. We have the greatest technological advances we've ever had. We have the greatest health service we've ever had. 
people are 500 kilo deadlifts <laughs> exactly i mean come on what more do you want it's it's it's, true. it's, it's understanding just appreciate you're still alive appreciate you're alive and it's fucking one of the best gifts anyone can have exactly and and people need to kind of re- respect the fact that you know they're here and they have this massive abundance if you're in a first world country, congratulations. You know what I mean? You've hit the jackpot. You're pretty much in the top 10% of the world. If you've got a roof over your head, congratulations. You've got fresh running water. Oh my God, what an absolute godsend. There are incredible opportunities in every single day to see amazing things and understand that you have won the jackpot. And on the flip side, yes, there are also equally the same amount of things that you could focus on that makes you feel like shit. But it's a choice. Where you focus your thoughts. Exactly. Exactly. I remembered what that lady said. She used to look at me and just go, it's it's just your thoughts. And that I used to walk away furious because it was like, how can you just say that? I'm pouring my heart out to you and you're saying it's so simple. It's just your thoughts. And the reality of it is... It is a thought will come and go more times than you've even know. You're probably not even aware of the amount of thoughts you have in a day. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. So, uh, is is there anything that you're kind of doing now or you're practicing um, to kind of help you to become more kind of uh, uh, aware uh, of these things, of your thoughts, of how you're thinking, and maybe why why you're thinking? Is there anything that you're kind of that you're working through currently? or you've done previously do you kind of work through kind of putting your thoughts on on pen and paper and reviewing them do you just literally talk to people do you talk out loud i know some people use kind of like notes on their phone where they might do an audio recording something like that is there anything that you use or you found that's helped you in the past after my last surgery in november um when i was because it went wrong and i had bell's palsy from it well facial paralysis because it weren't called but the same thing it does bell's and one of the nurses, she asked for my medical history when I was laying in ICU. And I started telling her, and I just kept on going because I just, there's more and more stuff to this list. And she looked at me and said, Wow, you should write a book. So I took that as fucking what a good idea. So when I left the hospital, literally as soon as I got home that day, because I didn't know if I'd ever be able to use the left side of my face again from what they said, they gave me a 50% chance of it coming back. Whoa, and geez. for me, it was really bad. When the doctor came and told me that, um, he came and told me Then five, within five minutes, Macmillan just sent me a video of me talking about how I'm always smiling, I'm always happy now. So that, yeah, that was bad timing, but they, they didn't mean that. But from that, I went home and I didn't, I, I was fucking devastated. I was in a really, really bad place. And I found writing just, it was a welcome distraction from my thoughts at the moment. Uh-huh. Granted, it was hard because I was writing my story from three years ago when I got diagnosed with cancer. So I had to relive a lot of old thoughts and a lot of old emotions. But I found reliving that distracted me from what was going on now. Uh So I found that to be a welcome distraction. And I'm probably going to carry on writing that. I don't know, excuse me, if it'll ever go anywhere. But for me, it's the greatest therapy I've ever done to myself. And it's cheaper than these therapists out there as well. All you need is an app on your phone. Yeah. But yeah, I I found that to help me. And it's just accepting if i want to cry now i'll cry it's just not sitting there and thinking oh my god i feel really sad i'm going to go walk to a room and cry i'm going to take myself away from everyone if i'm at home and i want to cry granted at home i'm a bit worse because my mum bless her and my dad they've gone through a lot of shit in their life my dad had leukemia when i was 12 yeah I remember. my mum 
she's done what no one's ever needed to do. No one deserves to see two of their closest loved ones get diagnosed with cancer and sit there through that. But at home, I do go against a bit of what I say. I won't talk about how I feel at home because I don't want to. It almost feels like I don't want to burden my mum and dad with that. I don't want to put them through what I'm still going through today. So I do keep it to myself at home. When I'm outside of there, I, I, I'm, I'll cry. It's just not hiding your emotions. Your emotions are coming out for a reason. So don't fucking fight from them and hide from them. And it's something you said earlier on got to me about being in your own head. Uh-huh. I remember last time I went through the depression bad, I was so scared of being in my own head. I hated the thought of dealing with my own thoughts. Me being on my own, I'd end up crying my eyes out and in a really, really bad way. So now I've learned, now I'm not scared of being in my own head. I'm not scared of sitting in a room on my own. It's kind of, I know I can deal with these thoughts. I know how to process these thoughts. And I know not to let them win. I've got no intention of letting them win going forward. Yeah. What changed for me is I remember my first counseling session I went to. I sat down with this lady. We had a good old chat. And she said to me, she goes, I want to put you on tablets. I want to put you on um, antidepressants. And I argued with her for about half an hour because it was, I don't need tablets. I don't want tablets. It was like, fuck off. And she told me what I was going through. She told me I was suicidal. And I still to this day have struggles believing her, but a friend, because I used to vision jumping in front of a train whenever I was at a train track. And that thought would play over in my head again and again and again. And it was my friend Grant. He said to me, he goes, because I, I, I rang him up and I was slagging her off. I was like, nah, she's putting a fucking tablet. She's a cop out. She don't know what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, he goes, yeah, he goes, but all it takes is one time for that thought to, to win. He goes, you don't come back from that. He goes, and imagine how many times that woman has a conversation with people and that person doesn't come back because they have jumped in front of a train. Uh-huh. And after that, it's just like, fuck, this is serious. I need to actually give this the credit it deserves. Yeah. And around that time as well, do you remember Linkin Park? Yeah, 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 with Chester. Yeah. Chester. You see, what happened with Chester? I, I watched an interview with Chester, and it's called Chester's Cry for Help. Yeah, yeah. And he's sitting opposite that. the guy, and he's, he's saying the same thing. He's like, "I'm scared to be in my own head." He's like, "Being in my own head." He goes, "There's," he goes, "The Chester in there wants to take me down." And just watching through that, I could relate to everything he was saying, mm-hmm. and it felt like someone took my thoughts and gave them to him, and then he related back to me what I was feeling. Yeah. And I cry even today if I watch that video now, I'd cry my eyes out because fucking yeah. it's hard to hear. And yeah, from that moment, I decided I, I need to fix this before I become the next YouTube video of fucking someone jumping in front of the train. That's amazing. Yeah, so that was, that was a tough time. <laughs> so, 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 kind of, kind of following on from that, just for for people that are maybe going through something in their life. So, um, did you did you then continue on? Did you go down down the medication route? Did did you kind of uh, hop on board with the antidepressants? So, is it is, is it sertraline? Is that right? I can't remember the name of what she wanted to okay, give me. Okay, yeah, yeah. But I remember two weeks later, I went back to my next appointment. Now, I'm very logical in how I think. I like to place my thoughts out and process them properly. And the next time I went to see her, I was talking to her how I'm talking to you now about how I feel. Yeah. And I was like, right, I'm ready for tablets. And she looked at me with a big smile on her face and goes, I don't think you need tablets anymore. Wow. I said, well, I was like, what? I said, I've just spent two weeks arguing with myself about taking tablets. I was like, fucking give me the drugs. She was like, no, you don't need them anymore. Wow. I was like, oh, fuck's sake. Yeah, so I was, yeah, upset that she didn't give me antidepressants, but it's antidepressants are something you're on for the rest of your life once you start taking them. So I'm glad I dodged that bullet. Yeah, yeah. The other tablets I got to remember. It's, yeah, it's it's tough. And for, you know, for for people that are out there that that are maybe battling with issues and kind of maybe they're contemplating whether or not to go on them 
you know, there there are options out there, and I think it's very important for people to do their research. I know people that have uh, have spent long periods of time on antidepressants and have thankfully got off of them, which is amazing. Um, and I think for a lot of those people, one of the, the the best things that they've done is exactly what we're talking about: is going to counselling and talking to people and understanding that their thoughts and feelings aren't something that's alien. It's something that's that's quite natural. Everyone's thought process is different, and you know, if those are those tablets are the thing that save you then you know what it, it doesn't really matter too no much shame. and there, there's there's no shame in that and there's no you shouldn't be worried about admitting the fact that you're on antidepressants um but there are definitely ways ways to get off of them and there are definitely other ways around it as well if you're if you're, if you're scared about kind of doing things like that so off of the back of your kind of uh depression were were you suffering with things like anxiety and kind of being very, very withdrawn from people as, as, as a result of this? Um, I found it weird. At the time, I had severe anxiety. And I remember sitting with an old friend of mine having Pizza Hut one day. And me and her was talking openly about it. And I said to her, I said, it's weird. I said, I can hear you speaking. I was like, but I can hear everybody else in this room a lot louder than what I can hear you. I was like, everybody's voice is so loud and I'm almost uncomfortable being here because I feel like I'm not focusing on what she said. I'm listening to everybody else. I want to know what they're saying. I want to know if they're talking about me, uh-huh. what I'm going through. But as you know, anxiety, anxiety is a fucking arsehole. Yeah. It can ruin your life if you let it. But it's a case of you can't. You have to fucking face it face on. I remember after my last surgery when the Bell's palsy kicked into my face. And I remember two days after I came out of hospital, I rang work. And I said to work, I said, I need to come in for an interview. I said, I need to see the occupational health nurse. I want to discuss when I can come back. They told me I was fucking crazy, but they set up the meeting. <laughs> but I didn't give a shit about this meeting. My purpose of this meeting was I was starting to feel myself not wanting to go out because I was scared. My, my left side of my face was drooping down by about half a centimeter. Uh-huh. So I didn't like the idea of people looking at me. I didn't want people to look at me. I was ready to fight anyone who tried to take the piss out of how I was. Yeah. So I needed to come to work to normalize being around people and get my head over this as quick as I possibly could before it became a long-term issue and an issue it would have been. So this is advice to anyone. Fucking, you have to just face it face it, it's going to be the hardest thing you've done in your life but once you get over it it will become so much easier to deal with going forward yeah and it's realizing anxiety takes control and it doesn't need to you can take control just as easily back yeah that's beautifully put it's 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 so so true and again it is as as much uh, as it is a voice i think you can also fight against that voice and you can have a conversation with yourself and you can rationalize some of these thoughts and feelings when you actually <clears> sort of start to discover discuss it within yourself but if you just accept it as as a fact then yeah it can most definitely ruin your life um but but interested to see obviously in this uh kind of uh currently now we've seen like a massive um increase in the use of things like cbd which has been kind of mm-hmm. used to, to to combat uh anxiety also within the world of strongman it's massive as well because it has incredible anti-inflammatory benefits um and we're seeing more and more people use it and kind of uh its reputation is getting bigger and bigger. Is it something that you've previously used in the past? And if so, has have you found that it's helped you at all? I've got some in my drawer at my desk right now. Wow. I've got some drawer in my... I find CBD just calms, calms the loudness in my head. It just brings everything just a little bit lower of a tone so it's not overwhelming to your own thoughts. 
so I can actually deal with it a lot. CBD is amazing. And for training, the anti-inflammatory, you take CBD, your joints don't kill anymore. And I thought CBD was a big fucking myth. I thought it was just idiots making it sound big so they can make a bit of money. Uh-huh. But when my face kicked off first, it's so much. I can't explain to you how much Bell's palsy hurts at the beginning. Full credit to four. I've got no idea how he went on to win Europe a couple of days after being diagnosed. I was in fucking agony with my face. I was popping maybe eight, 900 milligrams of ibuprofen every couple of hours just to try and combat it. But I read up about CBD through groups that I'm in on Facebook and went and got some oil from the local Holland and Barrett to uh-huh. a couple of drops under the tongue. Within 10 minutes, the pain was down to a level wow. I could deal with it. And I didn't take ibuprofen again after it. And wow. after that, I was sold. I was wow. completely sold on CBD. Mm. Man, it, that's yeah, crazy. That's mm. mad. That's absolutely insane. That is so, so cool. That's that's wicked. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, for anyone that's listening that doesn't really know about CBD, there is a ton and ton of research that is out there. Please feel free to go out there and, and do it. Educate yourself, much like with, with anything that's on the markets. There are good and there are bad quality products, so make sure that you choose something that is uh, reputable, that has a good reputation, that has de- decent reviews, um, because just like anything, like I said, there, there, there are good and there are bad. But it is becoming more and more popular in this day and age, which is absolutely awesome because I think it can help a lot of people. So if you're struggling with things like anxiety, depression, um, and you kind of just, like you said beautifully there, Craig, if you just kind of want to quieten the, the the noise within your own brain i think it's it's amazing and for anyone that, that can't see craig's beautiful face he is smiling from ear to face ear is working. his face is working he's he, he's fully, fully back to normal um so what that is a, it's a crazy interesting topic what was that progression like obviously you had all of the all of the crap before the bell's palsy is just kind of like the biggest kick in between the legs because for a lot of people they can't necessarily see that maybe you're going through something like cancer because it's very internalized unless of course you're you're having a treatment like chemotherapy in which case things become very obvious but bell's palsy is you know it's something that you cannot miss it's very very noticeable um for anyone that doesn't really know about it it kind of the 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 facial uh, drooping is kind of it's relatively similar to that that someone would have uh during a stroke I think is, yeah. is, 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 is kind of the whole left side of the face kind of drops slightly. So what was your progression kind of coming back from that like? Progression from that, that was, out of everything I've gone through, I can honestly say Bell's palsy was the hardest thing fucking to deal with mm-hmm. because it was, I didn't know if my face was going to come back. And throughout everything I've gone through, I've always said to people when they've spoken about it, I said, I'm still able to smile, I'm winning. That's always been my line. So all of a sudden I, I had this prospect of that was gone. That was I didn't know if I was going to be able to smile again. And my sister, she got pregnant with what well, she's now had a beautiful niece, yeah. I mean Sienna. And as soon as my sister told me she was pregnant, my instant reaction was I need to smile for the first time I meet my niece. And that was my main goal. And thankfully I did. It came back. But for about three months, I had nothing. For about three months, it was my face wouldn't move. There's fucking nothing happened. Then I remember of an evening, I used to just stick my head out the window just to cool down a little bit, a bit of cold there. And I just, I, I've got so many selfies on my phone from when the bells kicked in. And I looked at the camera on my phone. I started going like that in my mouth and I could just see a tiny bit there was going up. I was like, fuck. Then I remember turning around and being like, mum, look. I can open my mouth. It's like, it's twinging, it's twinging, it's twinging. And literally from that, just every week, everything started to get better. My eyes started to be able to move. 
again, everything started to wake up. And now I'm probably at about 95% full recovery. Yeah. The only thing that doesn't work now is, if you can see my mouth, watch, yeah. there, there doesn't move. I go, uh, that's dead. And my left nostril is completely dead, but I fucking live about an essence. <laughs> if, if if you if you kind of bumped into anyone on the street and and they didn't know you you would quite literally have no idea whatsoever mm. that, that that you kind of ever did that that's crazy that is straight up a scene out of kill bill that is madness that's some wiggle <laughs> your big toe right there that's, i tried that's that i remember sitting in the mirror and just looking in the mirror and just trying to move and it was the weirdest feeling ever because it just feels like you've forgotten how to use that part of your face it's uh-huh. just it just doesn't work it's yeah, it's, I can't explain to you how weird that feeling was. That's crazy. And I reached out to Hathor, because obviously Hathor had it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I reached out to him via Instagram, and he, he was very, very nice. I've heard a lot of stuff about Hathor's ego and everything, and him being a bit of a dick. I can honestly say I was shocked at how he dealt with me. He really? was messaging me messages of encouragement, telling me you've got to stay positive and everything, and the stuff he'd done to help get fixed. And I saw him at Europe's, last, Europe's this, this year or last year, and... I went up to him, I spoke, introduced myself, told him who I was. We had a good half an hour conversation about Bell's palsy, how it made both of us feel, and fucking how we feel today with recovery. Because when you get Bell's, you get told rest, 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 rest. Rest is your best chance of recovery. Because your fate, your the nerves in destruction, in destructive uh-huh. mode. You need to rest to let it heal. Hathor went and won Europe's strongest man two or three days after. <laughs> That's literally the complete polar opposite of what meant to do. And Honestly, I, I can't say it enough. I don't know how he did it because the pain I was in was fucking terrible. I didn't want to see anyone or talk to anyone. So complete hats off and respect to him for managing to actually get through that. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's 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 mad. Um, so kind of uh, kind of hop, hop, hopping off here because I, th- I think we're we're in an interesting point with kind of our coming up. We have some some pretty huge events with, within the strongman world. Obviously, Wembley is creeping up around the corner what are your predictions coming into Wembley coming into Wembley I think I think we'll see 500 kilos broken and I think the man to do it will be you know that big Russian dude Vlad Vado or something he's what's over 500 kilos raw he's ridiculous that's insane and he's coming to Giants to have a go at cracking 500 he's pulled I see him pull 470 in a belt from two-inch blocks. And oh, that's literally just a belt and some straps he managed to pull that. So I genuinely think he's got a massive, massive chance of breaking that 500. I also think Constantine Janashia. Janashia, I've had chats with him, and he's claiming that he can break the 500 as well. Really? The, yep. the, the Georgian bull is come, coming for a world record. That's very, very yep. interesting. I think okay. Benny, if Benny turns up uninjured and Benny turns up at good health, I reckon Benny's got a good chance of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably one of the greatest deadlifters out there as well. You know, he's an absolute, absolute animal. I think we're down for a really good competition. Overall, I'm not sure. I'm still still not set my mind on who I think is going to win. But also, I, I think... think another, that's that's the beautiful thing with with strongman it's it's one of those sports where you can be almost dead certain that someone's going to come in and 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 do something break a record and then out of nowhere you can have three four five guys that are in massive contention to to also take that title and it just is the most exhilarating thing when you've got you, you know you've got guys like iron bibby that are just creeping out of the woodwork from absolutely nowhere that's like 
double overhand, you know, deadlifting like 300 plus kilos without a belt with just like the most ridiculous grip strength that, that, that we see. And it's like, there, there are people like this that are everywhere. And like you said, it's so cool that Giants Live are kind of bringing these people in from all different strength sports that are going, there's 500 kilos there. Here's a little bit of prize money. Whoever does exactly. it wins. It, we don't exactly. care. We don't care. Who and I think as well, we're going to see, I genuinely believe we're going to see the most people pull a thousand pounds in one single competition than ever before it's happened. And another good thing I think I'm excited to see at this competition is Kaz versus Magnus on the on the Hercules hold. Oh. I think that's going to be phenomenal. I hope Kaz comes out in a little string vest and he's, he's, <laughs> he's hyped up. I want to see the old Kaz life come yeah. through ready to kill. Oh, it's yeah, it's crazy. It's it's. I think it's potentially going to be one of, if not the biggest strength display we've ever seen, ever ever you know it's 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 amazing and again we're just kind of we're, we're going closer and closer and closer to just breaking just the most ridiculous records and setting new ones and it's it's an amazing time to be alive and it's an amazing time to, to, to be in strength sports so um kind of p- pushing on from that obviously the world's not that we'll be seeing it anytime soon thanks to uh thanks to the the, the broadcasting <laughs> issues america you're very lucky um Moving forward, who do you think is 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 looking uh, good going into to worlds? Are there any kind of dark horses that you think that are gonna that are gonna kind of show us their their true display of strength on the day? I honestly, I was chatting to a friend about this the other day. I honestly think if Lysis has the good competition, I genuinely think he can walk away world's strongest man. Because if you look at the event, it's no max weight yep. on any of the stuff in the finals. It's moving events, cardio events. So I think personally, I think it's going to come down to the loading event who wins it because the other events have got like set people who you can pretty much predict the top three. Uh-huh. I think it's going to come down to who moves better on the loading event. But yeah, I, I, uh, I want to, yeah, I think Lissis will win it, but I don't like betting against four because at Europe's four didn't look like he was bothered that he was there. He didn't look hyped up for every event and mm-hmm. he still dominated and completely destroyed it. So when he's fully switched on, I'm genuinely scared of going up against four and four as a person because he's an animal and he potentially is the strongest man on the planet at the moment. Yeah. Eddie, if you read, if you listen to this, I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but I genuinely think at this current time, I think Half is the strongest man on the planet. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 kind of crazy, and 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 Half Thor's reign potentially could be incredibly long. You know, he's he's mm. not not old at all. Um, and if he looks after his body well, which he seems to be doing, that the same with a lot of the other strongman guys. We're now in in an era where people are so much more clued up about recovery, injury prevention. That we're, we're seeing these guys that can potentially, just like the, the the great Mark Felix, that could quite easily be competing at an international level and giving it a good bloody run deep into their forties and fifties, which is an exciting idea. To exactly. think about some of those monstrosities that are coming up out of the woodworks, and when you've got guys like uh, Mateusz Kielkowski, who's there, who's again a young gun who could easily be the world's strongest man within a couple of years if everything yep. goes right. You know, there's just so many of these young animals, Stoltman brothers, that are just I love cr- the cr- cr- creeping up. 
and it's just amazing. It makes for for the most. Ex- I'm at, I'm genuinely getting goosebumps talking about it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's mad. It's so 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 cool. Um, so I think. To tell yeah. you as well, we done something nice with the Stoltmans the other week. Um, I am on the Giants page as well, and the young girl messaged it saying how. Um, is there any chance she can pay for a video of one of, from one of the actual athletes? That's the video because her and her dad have watched it. She was only at 13 because her and her dad have watched it and they'd love it. Yeah. I sent messages out. We got videos from Stoltman Brothers. Rob Kearney told me he's going to do us one. Z didn't see the message. Who else done one? Graham Hicks. Hicks, he done one. Loz done one. Terry yeah. Holland's messaged her. Now, so many of the athletes actually messaged this kid, sending her messages. She was messaging me going, oh my God, my dad's just rung me up. He's screaming down the phone saying how amazing it is. So yeah, it's nice to see the athletes actually giving back like that and actually making these kids happy. Yeah, yeah. It's cool and it's kind of going back to, to what we were saying earlier that the, these guys are just so incredibly humble and so down to earth yeah. and they're so connected to, to the people and to the fans and it's amazing. And you can see it, you know, when these guys are putting out these, these Q&As on Instagram and they are asking every single question under the sun. And these guys are taking hours out of their day just to sit back and reply and do personalized video messages and stuff. Those guys don't get paid for that, guys. When you're seeing that, that is all off of their own back. And it's because they care. Like, they genuinely, genuinely give a shit. And that is beautiful. That is such a cool, cool thing to see. Um, I love now as well how these guys are actually showing their personalities a bit online. Yeah. Are actually putting how they are as a person. Like the old, have you seen the warrior, Rongo King? Yes. Yeah. He's one of my favorite people to follow online. He's so funny with the stuff he puts up. And he was one of the people that's going to get me a video for the mental health thing I'm doing as well. Oh, wow. Ones have said yes so far. Because Rongo's got an awesome story of what he's been through and where he is now. Mm -hmm. And Kaz is going to do us a video as well. And as you know, when Kaz speaks, the world just wants to stop and listen because that guy is phenomenal. I love listening to Kaz. Yeah, you can sit there and listen to him for absolutely hours and just not switch off or get bored for a single second. It's it's quite phenomenal. The, the, the way he has, it's such an art form that he has that he can talk to people. That it's almost like he hypnotizes people and minutes and minutes go by and you're just, you're so enveloped in absolutely everything that he says. And like you said, his, his story and his stories are, are, are legendary. I find it's horrible though when I have to when I interview Kaz I find it really hard to to be the interviewer and not be the fan because he'll sit there and he'll talk and Kaz has got a real he's got a habit of he'll just go off unless you tell Kaz to stop talking he won't stop talking and I'll just sit there and listen and he'll look at me and go so Craig you got anything else you want to ask sorry shit I say it because as you know Kaz Kaz is a hero and Mm -hmm. I remember the first time I met Kaz this was when I was going through the shit as well. I'd organized a charity trunk pool to raise yeah. money for Macmillan. And the day after, I went up north to spend the day with Kaz. And in the car, I was sitting with him. And I said, Kaz, I said, what got you so angry? I said, because when you came on stage, I was like, you you were ready to kill. I was like, what drove you? What was that? And he, he's, he blew my mind when he said this. He goes, he goes, that wasn't anger. He goes, that was love. He goes, that's just how I portrayed the love to go out. He goes, that's how I channeled it. He goes, you don't hold on to hate. Don't hold on to anger. He goes, you hold on to anger as an anchor. He goes, it will weigh you down eventually. Wow. And I remember he said that to me and I looked at him and went, you do realize you've just blown my entire way of thinking. That's crazy. He's like, I was like, that's been my thought process my entire life. And he's like, yeah, you get angry, you go casmo, you just destroy whatever your target is. But he was like, no, he goes, that, he goes, that was all love that he was putting on there and how he was putting it out. Wow. That's that's incredible. That's amazing. That's um, that's such such a beautiful, beautiful way of thinking. 
Um, it's true as well. Entirely, a hundred percent. And I, I, yeah, you, you can see that as well. And yeah, the more you think about it, the, the, the more it makes sense. And my my my, my mind is now just go, going into oblivion now, trying to think of all these times in my life where it's like, oh crap, that's so incredibly true. And it's amazing, you know, it you can have a way of thinking your entire life, and all it takes is for one person to say one sentence. And it just changes your entire philosophy of, of life. And it's like... Especially if that person's your hero as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's the other thing. If people say, you know, oh, you should, shouldn't meet your heroes because yeah, you're disappointed. No, nah, not a strong man. No, nah, not, yeah, not at all. No, it's, bad heroes. No, it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely not. If you choose a strong man as your hero, you will be sorted for life. You don't have to worry about that. You can meet them a thousand times and you'll still love them just as much as when you first met them. It's absolutely wicked. Um, but listen, I, uh, I, I want to wrap up quickly with um, uh, a quick question. It's the same question that I ask everyone and I find it absolutely fascinating to kind of um, see what, what people say. So obviously you have gone through a, a crazy, crazy journey and I want to hear uh, your thoughts. Um, so if you were able to kind of go back in time and kind of talk to to the younger version of yourself before you went through any of the hardships that you have been through, um, the journey, the incredible journey that you've come on from where you were to where you are now, and you could give yourself one piece of advice to help you through your hard times, whether that's a, a mantra to live by, a, a saying, a, an outlook, a view, an opinion, what would you say to your younger self? I'd slap myself around the face and tell me to stop being so fucking angry and stop almost feeling like I'm entitled to feel like this because you're never entitled to feel like that. Yeah, I'd, yeah, because I, I I did that. I held on to anger. I held on to hate my entire life and I decided I tried to focus it in the gym. But when the gym goes like it is for me now, you have a massive reality check because you haven't got that way of releasing the hate anymore. Your mind is still holding on to everything bad that happens, but you have no way of letting that out. So at the moment, as I said, I'm still trying to figure out a way to channel it properly and channel it in a way that's productive for me. Uh-huh. But yeah, not to hold on to hate because as Kaz said, hate will hold you down and hate will bring you back. Oh man, that's such such a beautiful way to end the podcast. Thank you <laughs> so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it so much. Everything that you've said, there's so much to take away here. And I genuinely think that this is going to be a podcast that people can listen back to so many times and take away something new from it every single time. So bless you. Thank you so thank much you. for taking your time out of your day to come and do this. Um, obviously, if you guys don't already know about the page, Strongman Motivation on Instagram, please go and drop it a follow. There are some incredible things that are coming out of there. Uh, and Craig's kind of... Uh, spearheaded project with this whole mental health awareness is fantastic and i really do genuinely want to get as many people on board this bandwagon as physically possible um so if you haven't already go and drop that page a like make sure you're getting involved uh send him videos that that he needs and uh, and let's all get vulnerable together craig thank you so much for coming on board man i appreciate it thank you for having me man much appreciated